No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions but the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. I hope our listeners are doing well today too. Well, Brian, we We've got just about three weeks left, not only this year, but also this decade. The Roaring Twenties just around the corner. So let's talk a little bit about the decade that was, 2010 to 2019. Of course, the thing I remember most about it is the run-up of the market, and it's still growing strong. Yeah, it's interesting when you compare that to the previous decade. The previous decade was referred to in the financial world as the lost decade yeah. because it uh, started on a terror. It was going crazy with the dot-com uh, from the 1999, the, the late 90s and so forth, the early 2000s. It started off really good for about three months. <laughs> and then Microsoft got a bad case ruling, antitrust ruling. And from that point forward, the technology sector started a slide and then we had 9-11 and the resultant recession that followed that. So right away in the, the early part of the previous decade, we had the massive crash. We had a recovery and then, of course, the Great Recession. 2008, the banking failures, the economy almost completely failed. I remember I was at a speech once. There was an organization that put this on. I went out to uh, listen to the speaker. It was George Bush. Hmm. And he was talking about that the time at that time, what was going on and, and how it was really a very pivotal time and he was you know he had two competing areas one was that gee we got to bail these banks out and the other people saying they don't deserve to be bailed out they're the ones that created this mess in the first place but he was told by the leading economist who became the chief economist later after Greenspan he was told by him that yeah it's not gonna be popular but if you don't do this our 
our system could collapse. Mm -hmm. And he said, and he came to the conclusion, and so he said, all right, let's bail him out. And he said, you know, I don't know if that caused us not to go into a depression like I was told it would, but I know we didn't go into a depression. So I think I didn't made the right choice. And so it was a tough choice. So that was a decade we came out of. It was really crazy. And then we go into this last decade. So 2010 through 2019, nothing but increases really along the way. We didn't have any big drops in the market that entire time. We saw real estate take off in most markets across the United States. I mean, even areas that you used to not think were very progressive, you know, you think Tennessee or North Carolina or some of these states. You go there now and they, they look like Bellevue. I mean, right, they, right. They're just beautiful, shiny, you know, new jobs and tech companies and, and just growth, 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 prices going up. Everything's so successful. And just the resurgence of other cities around the, the country. I mean, everywhere you go, especially in the, in the south and the, and the west and, and so forth, everywhere you go, you just see money basically everywhere. So we saw the stock market take off. We saw the real estate market take off. We saw the, the global economy take off as far as the middle class. You look at China, and, and China was not even in a, that big of a player 10 years ago, and now they're number two economy in the world. And so we saw that happen too. We saw the resurgence of just the biggest boom uh, sector ever with technology, just lighting things up. And the changes just in the last 10 years are more than probably, you know, from the beginning of mankind till 10 years ago. I think the last 10 years have been more prolific as far as changes. Have you ever seen anything like this in your career, this sort of long bull market like this? Actually, it's never happened in history. And so a lot of the people I'm talking to are just coming to me going, this can't go on. This can't go on. We're going to have to have a recession, right? And as I've explained on previous shows, not sure we have to have one. There, it's different than it was before. You know, you, you have your normal ebbs and flows of the economy. But in this case, because of the proliferation of technology changing all sectors, I mean, technology is affecting healthcare. It's affecting how we make cars, manufacturing. Mm -hmm. It's affecting communications, advertising, you name it, even appliances. They're full of technology now. So it's creating a, and robotics and artificial intelligence, and it's creating new industries out of nothing that we never had before in our previous history. Right now, even though these facts make a lot of sense that you're talking about technology driving things, and I think everyone would agree that they're better off today than they were 10 years ago, but still there are those people who say, we've got to have a recession, we haven't had one, and I'm really scared about this. Does that sort of attitude really sort of affect the way that you build these portfolios for those people who are afraid the sky's going to fall again tomorrow? Absolutely, it does. And I'm not ever going to call them wrong because none of us have a crystal ball. Mm -hmm. If I had one, I'd be the richest guy on the planet right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so since we don't have one, we can say, you know, your concerns are valid. Whether you're right or wrong is irrelevant. They're valid. And so that does affect how we invest. There are, of course, we can invest in risk-free investment strategies and guaranteed, you know, cash flow for life or other uh, fixed index annuities, and we can invest outside of the markets and outside of bonds to alternatives and real estate and, and do some really good planning both on the cash flow and just protection of assets. So, you know, we totally want to take that into account because everybody's going to be different. And, you know, maybe the market does pull back and, and maybe I'm more aggressively invested than I would put one of my clients into. 
And if it pulls back, I go, oh, okay, well, I, I guess that's the way it goes. It'll come back, and that would be my attitude. Whereas somebody else might lose their mind if the market went backwards. <laughs> they should be in a different portfolio than I would put it myself in personally. Now, I've not been around here for the entire history of Madrona Financial Services, but I would imagine that Madrona Financial Services and its evolution is a different firm today here almost in 2020 than it was in 2010. Is that right? And how's Madrona going to evolve here in what I like to call the Roaring Twenties? Yeah, it's totally different uh, firm. We we certainly have added all the safe money because prior to that, people were probably more aggressive. And you know, then 2008 came, the Great Recession. Coming out of that, people, okay, that's happened twice. You know, we've had two in the early 2000s and 2008. I'm done with all the putting all my money in the stock market. There were a lot of people in that boat, so we had to come up with alternatives. So we've become a leader as far as having lots of different alternatives available outside. of typical stock and bond and CDs investments, but also certainly the evolution of passive real estate with the Delaware Statutory Trust so that people could sell their real estate income tax-free and then potentially defer them for a step-up in basis and reinvest in something they don't have to be a landlord anymore using Section 1031 exchanges. So the DSTs, we've done a, a ton of those and continue to do more, and that's actually increasing at an increasing rate. Now, because of the increase in real estate here in this part of the country, the Pacific Northwest, and particularly here in the Seattle area, that has uh, infused a lot of cash into people's portfolio and those people who own real estate, as you said, that real estate's worth a lot more money. So I would imagine that there are more clients out there who do have more money. They're actually very high net worth investors today. Is Madrona Financial Services uniquely qualified to handle the needs of someone who has that sort of money? Yeah, that is our our wheelhouse. Um, We can certainly handle regular amounts of money, I guess you can call it, but uh, certainly a high net worth client can come talk to us about all these strategies, whether they own a business or have estate planning questions, uh, how to protect in in tax-free investment strategies. Uh, They can read one of my recent Kiplinger articles on that, how to use life insurance as an asset class, using trusts, Delaware Statutory Trust, as I mentioned, all these different types of things they can do. That's where we probably shine in that, you know, we have the, the CPA advisors and the CPA firm in conjunction with Madrona Financial. Does someone who has $500,000 in their portfolio versus someone who has $3 million in their portfolio, do they need a different level of services? Is there a different tack that you take with higher net worth investors? Yeah, the higher net worth investors have access to a lot of investments that the person with 500000 cannot because of the definition of being an accredited investor. There's a lot of investments not available to you unless you have at least a million dollars investable assets outside of your principal residence. So right there you have one thing. Another thing is often when you're getting up in the, the multi-millions to invest, you can take a little bit more risk on certain things that otherwise you wouldn't have to. You don't have to have as many guarantees built in, perhaps. Uh, depends on your personality, of course. If you get into much higher numbers, then we have estate planning considerations to take into account, maybe charitable gifting, trusts, that that kind of thing. So yeah, there is a different level of service generally. Not always, but generally speaking, there is. And a lot of our listeners who are higher net worth individuals too have made their money through owning and operating their own businesses. Some are CEOs of other businesses, but many people have achieved this status through real estate as well too. And Madrona Financial is one of the few firms out there, if not the only firm that I know of in this particular area, who can talk about the special needs of people who own 
real estate and are looking to divest themselves of that real estate, sort of an exit strategy with a Delaware Statutory Trust. And you also have a website that addresses the needs of the Delaware Statutory Trust potential clients too, don't you? Yeah. On our regular website, you can always click on uh, upper uh, part of it. Uh, it has 1031 exchanges. You can click on that box there. It'll take you to madrona1031.com. And that's where we have a a whole series of different pages talking about the opportunity using 1031 exchanges and Delaware statutory trusts. Now, on this show, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the 1031 exchange, the history of that, what that is all about, as well as the Delaware statutory trust. That's a great exit strategy for people who do own real estate. We're also going to be talking about what happens if you inherit money, what to do about taxes. And we'll touch a little bit on those people's questions about a business. If you've got a business, you're running it, you're getting ready to sell that business. How is it different uh, in terms of your assets when you're owning the business versus now your assets are in liquid form in your bank account? So we've got a good show lined up for you today. Thanks so much for joining us here on Growing Your Wealth and happy holidays to you. If you have questions about anything that we've talked about, of course, you can call 844-MADRONA for Madrona Financial Services. You can also request your free plan online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about inheriting money and what to do about the taxes when our show continues after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. You own highly appreciated real estate and have decided to sell. You may be faced with limited options that could result in a substantial tax bill. Now, there may be another option. It's called a DST, and it can offer the benefits of real estate ownership without all of the baggage. Brian Evans and his team at Madrona Financial Services are available to see if a DST could be right for you. Call 844-MADRONA to learn if you can invest in real estate without the hassles of being a landlord. You won't be responsible for the debt or management, yet you may still receive passive income. Best of all, the DST program offers a ready-made solution that may satisfy your 1031 exchange requirements, which could provide full tax deferral on the sale of your investment property. Call the team at Madrona Financial Services right now at 844-MADRONA to learn more about DSTs and if they are right for you. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, Here's Brian. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about inheritance tax, gift tax, step-up and basis, other areas that people get confused with. That's right, uh, Brian. Death and taxes, two sure things. Let's talk about inheriting money and what to do about taxes. When you first inherit money, uh, you know, a lot of people are concerned, boy, what? how, how am I going to pay the taxes? But w- sometimes there are not taxes to be paid and other times there are. So let's go down the list here a little bit. You talked about some of them here. Let's talk about inheritance tax and whether that applies in this situation. Yeah, a lot of people listening right now may have a misconception of that. They think, because uh, I get asked this all the time, that's why I say that. Gee, I just inherited $100,000 or uh, inherited a rental house or IRA account or whatever. Do I have to show that as income, right? Is that Am I going to have to pay more Medicare tax because I have a higher income and they, they worried themselves to death? They finally picked up the phone and called. And I, I get to make it a lot easier for them because there is no inheritance tax. If you receive money through an inheritance, you do not put that on your Form 1040 and pay income tax on that. It's not That's, that's not income. That's just uh, an inheritance. And if there was any estate tax due on that, that's, that's paid at the estate tax level before it came to you. So when it comes to inheritance tax, let's just say that there isn't any. Well, Brian, let's say that grandma has a house and she's passed away and you have inherited that house. Now, is there going to be inheritance tax on that, the value of the house? Well, probably not, but let's look at that. There's a couple things that are at play here. Let's say you inherit a house and you decide to sell it. Are you going to have to pay income tax? So that's outside of estate or inheritance tax. Do you have to pay income tax? Well, probably not because you would have received what's called a step-up in basis. So if grandma paid, let's say it was a rental house. She paid $50,000 for it and took $40,000 depreciation over the years. Her cost basis is $10,000. And let's say it's worth a half a million right now. There's a $490,000 gain she's sitting on. If she sold the house while she was living, she'd pay tax on that. But at the date of her death, the new cost basis went from 10000 to 500000 So when you sell a $500,000 house for $500,000 basis, you have no taxable income. So the income tax is zero. Now, is there an estate tax? Well, depends. We could be talking federal or state. They're two different things. So there potentially could be some estate tax. Okay, so let's talk about a specific situation. Let's say dear old Granny, and I want to make sure I got this right. Granny bought that house down in Bellevue many, many years ago for $15,000, and it's worth $850,000 today. Are you saying that when my dear Granny passes that house on to me, that there's a step-up in basis, a full step-up in basis here, and I'm not going to have to pay that inheritance tax? Yeah, we won't have to pay any income tax when you sell it. Now, the inheritance tax, uh, which there is none, We'll go back to the estate tax. The estate tax is based on the value of the property. So for federal purposes, if somebody passes away with approximately $12 million worth of an estate or less, then there is no federal estate tax currently. Mm -hmm. Now, that number moves around. That sounds like a lot, and it is. And certainly if you have a couple and you've executed the right documents, it's $24 million. And you think, okay, that's great. I don't have to worry about that. Well, maybe someday you will because I've seen it at 600000 I've seen it at 
unlimited. I've seen mm-hmm. it a million, two million. It's been all over the map. And depending on who's in Congress and who's sitting in the Oval Office, that number can change. So we do want to be cognizant of that and do some planning. The planning being that that number could change and we need to recognize that. So that, that a lot of our planning isn't just based on the laws today. It's based on what the laws could be someday. Now, Brian, of course, I was my grandma's favorite grandson, and there was a time when she said, you know what, I think I'm just going to give you my house while I'm living here. It's probably a pretty good thing she didn't do that, right? Well, depending on if that, if that house was in your example in Bellevue, that, that $835,000 uh, taxable gain just got gifted to you. Because when she gives it to you, she also gives you your, her basis. And so if your new basis is 15000 and it's worth you know eight fifty in your your example, and she passes away. Well, she doesn't own the house, so there's no step up anymore because she right. gifted it to you. So that that can be a problem. But where you grew up, probably not a problem because <laughs> I know in well, Ohio there they didn't yeah, have a yeah. whole lot of uh, they didn't know the term appreciation and house uh, could be used in the same sentence. That's exactly right. Those housing values have not gone up that much. I wish I had a grandma who had a house <laughs> in uh, Bellevue. But there's a chapter in your book called Grandma, please don't give me your house. It talks about that very thing. Yeah, it does talk about that. And I do want to talk also about the state, estate tax. Okay. So let's say grandma passed away and, and you got the house and grandma's net worth was $4 million. Well, I just said if she if it was under 12, she didn't have any federal estate tax. And if you inherit that house and you sell it, there's no income tax when you sell it. There's no inheritance tax to you. Is there any taxes left to be paid? Yes, there is. There's the state of Washington estate tax. So estate means the value of her assets on the date of death. So even though you have no income tax when you sell that house that you inherited, because the value of her estate exceeded about $2.3 million in the state of Washington, the excess over the 2.3, the state of Washington says, I want a cut of that, maybe 10 to 15%, depending. And so they're going to take a chunk of money. So let's say her estate was worth uh, $4 million, and maybe that estate tax was you know, 150 grand, whatever it is. The executor of that estate has to figure out where to pay 150 grand first before they can send you that house, or they might have to sell the house and just send you instead of the 850,000, they might have to take some money out of that before mm-hmm. you you can get it because the, someone has to pay that estate tax to the state of Washington based on the value. Let's go back to the step up in basis. Now, let's say that grandma didn't live in this state. She lived in another state. I understand that Washington gives you a full step up in basis, but there are some states where you only get a half step up in basis. Yeah, if she was married at the time of death, then there would have been a half step up in basis. If grandma was widowed and single, uh, then there would be a full step up in basis. So if she lived in Oregon and had houses in Washington and, and all over community property states, uh, that wouldn't matter. And if she was married and grandpa's still around, then they would only get a half step up in basis when one of them passed away. So we've talked about estate tax and, uh, you know, we've talked about estate tax. Let's talk about the federal tax a little bit. Under what circumstance would we be liable for federal tax? Yeah, as I mentioned, the, the approximately $12 million and up and $24 million approximately if you're married and you have an attorney draft your will or living trust. Uh, if you do it yourself, you might miss that point. So be careful about that. So some of the things, so we can talk about gifting too, because mm-hmm, yeah. now there is, there's something called a gift tax. Now, when does that come into play? Well, 
a lot of people say, well, I can't give more than 15000 a year because that's my gift tax limit. Well, that's true on paper. But let's say that you gave 115000 to somebody one year. You are subject to the gift tax on the excess over the fifteen grand. So in this case, $100,000. But what is that tax rate? Well, it's zero because you're able to give $12 million over your lifetime, either give it away or die with it. And so if you gave an extra hundred grand away, now you got to do a gift tax return, tell the federal government, I used to be able to give approximately $12 million away. Now I already used up a hundred grand of that. So now I'm down to a paltry $11,900,000. Well, whoop-de-whoop. You still want to tell them that because they could change the laws in the future. But you're not going to pay any tax yet because the first $12 million is exempt and you've only used 100000 of your exemption. All right, Brian, let's say that I inherited retirement accounts. Grandma had some retirement accounts. They're now mine. Let's talk about the taxation on those. Yeah, they don't get the same rules as that house got, unfortunately. There is no step-up in basis on retirement accounts. So the basis is zero. And when she passes away, the basis is zero. And so when you inherit $500,000 IRA or 401k, your basis is zero. And if you're next generation down, you've got to take that money out and pay tax on it over the next five years. And so what a lot of people do is they, rather than take it all at once, they might spread it out over five years. If you think angry Uncle Bernie Sanders is going to get uh, <laughs> get elected and you think tax rates are going to go up, you might want to take it all at once and just pay the whatever 37% or whatever the bracket is now. But you do have to take it in uh, one to five years if you inherit it and you do pay the income tax on that. Okay, Brian, so I have inherited grandma's house and as I said, hypothetically, she lived in Bellevue. How do I make the decision? whether I just cash out, sell that house, or would it be better off to hold on to the house, rent it out? I mean, how do I make those very hard decisions? Yeah, well, you know, owning a house is like owning a business. Being a landlord is is a job. And so if you're really good at that, fine. But you got to ask, I think the easiest way to ask uh, answer that question is this. I pose this question. I say, if you had $850,000 in the bank, would you go out and buy that house? Almost invariably, they say, well, of course I wouldn't do that. Well, then if you're going to hang on to it, you're basically telling me that that is your highest and best use of $850,000. Well, I don't want, I really don't want that house, but, you know, and and so once they go through that, they go, oh, I see what you're doing. You're telling me that because I have access to selling it and having $850,000, I should do what I think is the best use for that money. That's exactly right. So if that's not something you would go out and buy, then why are you keeping it? I I use the same thing with with the stock. Some people say, well, I've owned this forever. I don't really like it, but it's gone down in value. I'm going to wait it out because I I can't sell it at a loss. I say, would you buy that today if you had the cash? Well, no, I wouldn't. Well, you were essentially telling me you would because you can have the cash for about a $5 trading fee. And so, you know, when you look at things like that, look at decisions about investing, would I buy that today? And if the answer is absolutely not, maybe you should be selling it. Let's say that I inherited the house and I rented it out. Is there a particular length of time that I have to hold that house before I can sell it and then use the 1031 exchange and turn that into a Delaware statutory trust. Yeah, it'd be at least a year, but you wouldn't need to do that because you had a step up in basis. And so okay. that that worked in our favor in this case. Certainly, if she gifted it to you before she passed away, now you do absolutely want to hold that. Uh, well, actually, you have a longer holding period anyway already, so you 
if you did sell it, you would want to do a Delaware statutory trust probably, or at least talk about it or consider it because otherwise that $835,000 gain we just talked about would be lurking and you have to pay the tax on that. And so that's not really a, a great outcome. Well, there are a lot of questions I'm sure that our listeners have about this. If you are lucky enough to have inherited some wealth or you look like you're going to be inheriting some wealth, probably a good idea to get in touch with the advisors here at Madrona Financial Services. It is a complimentary meeting for you if you call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also do it online at madronafinancial.com. Thanks for joining us here on Growing Your Wealth. Happy holidays to you. When we come back, we'll be talking about the history of the 1031 Exchange, like-kind properties, and also Delaware Statutory Trust. Are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Well, we'll find out more when our show continues after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. A dip in the market like we've seen lately could cost you years of retirement income, and it's unnecessary. This is Brian Evans, President and CEO of Madrona Financial Services. Today we see how investments can erode based on events here and around the world. But there's no doubt that people with better plans will be far less affected. So here are the four don'ts about investing in times like these. Don't panic. Don't get hung up on talk of a correction. Don't think anyone knows what's going to happen next. And don't be complacent. Now here's your one do. Call Madrona Financial Services today, especially if you're at or near retirement. Our team specializes in retirement planning and can guide you to manage your risk no matter what's around the corner. Call us at 844-MADRONA. Our team will review your retirement plan in two one-hour meetings. It's quick, it's easy, and it just might add years of income to your retirement. Give us a call at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you know how to provide a 30-year retirement plan with a 40-year career? The number of Americans who live to 100 will increase by 10 times in the next 30 years. The facts are, you could live longer than you thought, and the last thing you need is to run out of income when you need it the most. A plan that takes longevity into account increases the odds that you'll be financially able to do what you love with the people you love for the rest of your life. Call Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA. They'll work with you to help your 40-year career finance your next 30 or more years. The economy, our lifespans, and retirement have changed drastically since the time we entered the workforce. Have your retirement and tax strategies kept up? Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for a complete no-obligation retirement readiness review. Your retirement income plan should last as long as you do, and Madrona Financial Services can help you get there with a customized plan that suits you. Call right now for your retirement review at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about the history of 1031 exchanges, DSTs, and kind of the prognosis for their future. And Brian, we've talked about the 1031 exchange before on this program. For our loyal and regular listeners, they know that the 1031 is actually an IRS tax code, which allows you to exchange property for like-kind property and avoid taxes. Let's talk a little bit about exactly what the 1031 exchange is and what it is not. Yeah, 1031 exchange is where you can sell your investment real estate. So let's talk about what that means. It could be a rental house, a farm, a uh, 
a winery, office building, warehouse, self-storage, just any kind of investment real estate. So not your principal residence, not your vacation home. And raw land, just just a piece of raw land, it could be that too, where you can sell it. And if you follow the strict rules properly, you can reinvest it. Uh, they call it like kind. It doesn't necessarily be like. I don't know what's like between a, a winery and a rental house, but <laughs> you know that you could do that. Yep. But all of those can be exchanged for each other. And throw in one more, the Delaware Statutory Trust is, is also treated just like a rental house or a, a warehouse or self-storage or raw land or a farm or a winery or whatever real estate. It's just another piece of real estate under the law. And so Section 1031 allows you to sell it, defer the income tax, and if you keep deferring the income tax until you pass away or you or your spouse in the state of Washington pass away, as we mentioned in the last segment, you can get the step up in basis so that all of the gains from your investment real estate over your lifetime and all of the depreciation that you've claimed on those properties over your lifetime evaporate. They go away. No one ever pays any of the income tax on all of that. So with a 1031 exchange, if I sold my raw land and I got X amount of dollars for that, I could then go and buy an apartment building, something like that, that I'm going to be renting out and I wouldn't have to pay the taxes on that. And as you said, like kind is a very loose term here because there's nothing like about land versus a winery versus a house versus a medical office building. There are a lot of possibilities with a 1031 exchange. Now, this seems to be a rather progressive tax code. I would imagine that, hey, it's probably not that old, is it? Well, actually, it is pretty old. <laughs> um, we're coming up on its uh, anniversary in a couple of years. It'll be the 100th anniversary wow. of the Section 1031. 1921 is when it came out. And so one of the reasons it's being talked about, and I'm talking about more and more and more, is a couple of things have happened around here. Certainly, if we haven't had a whole lot of gains, um, I was picking on your, your old state of Ohio, <laughs> and you bought a rental house there for 75000 you know, 25 years ago. It's probably worth 76000 today. Yeah, I would I think it would be difficult to find a rental house for 75000 20 years ago there. <laughs> Try more like 20000 Oh, okay. Well, you do have some gains there. See, it has gone up in value. Right, it's worth seventy five now. Yeah, so, you know, there have been some gains. But around the Puget Sound, of course, the gains have been phenomenally high. And so we have that. We also have the fact that most people that own investment real estate tend to be older. They're baby boomers or the greatest generation. They're 55 and over often. And so maybe they're getting to a point where they don't want to be in charge of real estate and tenants and and all the things that come with that. And they just want a retirement strategy. So 1031 has become more popular because of the aging demographic of the baby boomers and the huge increase in values in our area. And one more thing, the nervousness about what future income tax rates could be, certainly listening to the political candidates on the Democratic show, that they were, they, the debates that they've had, I mean, they're all trying to out tax people <laughs> in their promises. Oh, you'll tax me 70, I'll do 80. Yeah. You'll do 80, I'll do 95. You'll do 90, I'll do a, <laughs> Bernie's up there. I'll, I'll, I want to do 150%. There you, you go. Know? We're going to have to pay the government. Yeah, you got to, you know, they, they, they joke about uh, the new tax form that if, if we get one or two of these people in there that I think the new tax form would be simplified. Line one will be, you know, write down how much you made. Line two will say pay it in. That's right. Send it in. Yeah, so <laughs> real simple. Simplify the income tax code all at once. There you go. And so people are worried about what tax rates can be in the future. 
And so they might want to figure out a strategy to where they can make that future income tax rate zero using 1031 exchanges and the uh, step up in basis and DST, Delaware Statutory Trust. Well, I made a note, Brian, to order a birthday cake for the 1031 exchange. Have a little party here for its century birthday. We should do that. That would be kind of interesting. <laughs> I've done a, a, quite a lot of 1031 exchanges using the DSTs. Uh, the DSTs have not been around as long as the 1031. Yeah, let's talk about the DST or the Delaware Statutory Trust. That is a, a relatively recent development, isn't it? Yeah, relatively recent. Uh, 2004. So 2004-86 uh, created the Delaware Statutory Trust. Now, it didn't really change the rules of the 1031. All it really did was in the old days, if you're 95 years old and you want to quit being a landlord, well, too bad, so sad. You can do a 1031 exchange. You can sell your office building and buy some rental houses, but gee, that didn't really make your life any better. You're 95 years old. You, you really don't want to even have it anymore. And so the DST rules came along saying, for the first time ever, you could have centralized management and invest in a fractional interest in real estate. You know, it might be apartment buildings or self-storage or student housing, senior housing, you know, net lease properties, warehouses, healthcare facilities, whatever. These different kinds of investments where you don't have to be the landlord anymore. So all it did, it really just said, all right, we understand that some people don't want to be active landlords anymore. You can still be a passive landlord and not pay the income tax using Section 1031. So the Delaware Statutory Trust really just means that instead of owning one particular property, you can own lots of properties, but you own pieces of those properties. If I sell a piece of land, for an example, using the 1031 exchange, I can then go into a Delaware Statutory Trust and I can own a piece of a lot of different things. They can be apartment buildings, they can be medical office buildings, they can be shopping centers, they can be a lot of different things. Is there a limit on the number of Delaware Statutory Trust properties that you can own? Yes and no. There is no technical limit. However, at any given time, I do not have a vast plethora of great DSTs. I have a few great DSTs, in my opinion, but not a lot of them. We vet all the sponsors, and we vet the properties, and I'm going to have a handful at any given time. So you sell something for a million dollars, we might look at three or four different investments to put that money into and spread it out over three or four different places. But I'm not going to be able to spread it out over 25 different ones. I don't have that many available that I would put somebody into. Now, once I have sold my property, the money is coming in, but I don't want to take it. It has to go to a qualified intermediary. And then you have a certain number of days in order to identify a property, right? Yeah, if you're selling your property, if you sell the property and then hire a qualified intermediary, oops, you blew it. You got to have that person hired before it closes. And so you've hired that person, you've talked to us before it closes. And and if you don't have one, that's fine. We'll provide you with one. We know lots of them that we really like. And so you enter a purchase sale agreement. Let's say it's going to close January 15th. Well, now would be a good time to let us know because, you know, we're getting close to that. And you would let us know. We get that person hired. Upon closing, the money from the closing does not go to you. You cannot touch it. It goes to the qualified intermediary for them to hold until they get instructions on what to invest it in next. And so we now have 45 days 
to identify what we're going to invest in next. Now, if you're doing DSTs, it's pretty easy. We can do that pretty quickly. But please don't wait until the 40th day to let us know that you're thinking about doing DSTs. We're really cutting our time period short. We may not be able to get the best ones because I don't have any time. But, I mean, it's possible we could do one in day 40, but it's not you know, great, but most people know up front whether they want to be their own landlord again or do the DSTs. But you have 45 days. And the problem has always been, even if you want to be a landlord, you only have 45 days to find a replacement property and have a good deal, you know, that you're going to close on. That's not a lot of time to find a good deal and something to replace your property with. So once I've invested into my Delaware Statutory Trust and I own several properties now, how long is it before I begin to see my rental income coming back in? Yeah, you'll, you'll start getting rental income within approximately a month and you'll get monthly checks uh, just like you would normally. So if you own four different DSTs, you're going to get four different checks every month and then you'll just collect them and that's pretty much all you do. <laughs> you don't do anything else. You collect mm-hmm. a check and go figure out, uh, you know, improve your quality of life because of this extra time that you have on your hands not being a landlord. How long is the typical Delaware Statutory Trust investment? Uh, they're supposed to be under 10 years before they sell. So often they sell between years four and 10. So if you had four different ones, they might sell at different times. Maybe one sells in year four, one in year six, one in year seven, one in year eight. What you do then is you have choices. You can take your money, pay the tax. You can not take the money, do another 1031 exchange back into real estate or into a DST. That's generally what people do. Or if somebody's passed away, you know, it's one of the spouses, you can take your money and not pay the tax. So you're in effect, sort of kicking this tax can down the road a little bit. What about legacy? I mean, can a DST be passed along to an heir? Yeah. So let's say you had the million dollar DSTs and husband passed away and now it's worth a million two. And so it's got to step up and the wife passed away. And now it's worth a million three, let's say. The kids, let's say they inherit that million three cost basis and that stuff and it's worth a million three. Then they can hang on to it. When they sell, they can take the money and there basically be no income tax unless there's additional appreciation. They might have some. But for the most part, uh, as these things mature, they can take their money and pay zero income tax. If you have questions about the 1031 exchange or the Delaware Statutory Trust, once again, there is a specialized website here from Madrona Financial that you can log on to and get your questions answered. It's madrona1031.com. That's madrona1031.com. And again, if you have questions about Delaware Statutory Trust, maybe you want to get into one, you want to get your questions answered before you move ahead, you can always give a call to 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA, and get your questions answered. You can also request your complimentary plan online at madronafinancial.com. Growing Your Wealth, that's the name of our program. We'll be right back with more after this. Stay with us. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. 
We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. What does prosperity mean to you? At Madrona Financial Services, we think it's about helping you feel confident about your future. It's more important to know where you're headed than where you You've been, and we feel the same way about the funds that we invest in. At Madrona Financial Services, we believe in simplifying, securing, and streamlining your financial and retirement life. That's why our clients have one team managing investments, retirement, taxes, and their estate with an integrated strategy. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844 Madrona or visit madronafinancial.com to learn how you can make our team your team. It's a new kind of financial experience built for today with tomorrow in mind. We believe believe in your future and so should you get connected with your team today visit online at madronafinancial.com or call the professionals at madrona financial services today at 844 madrona for a free review that's 844 madrona or visit madronafinancial.com simplify your life invest in your future prosper Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to lighten things up a little bit and talk about the benefits of volunteering. And Brian, here it is the holiday season. We're looking forward to giving back and giving to people. And, you know, some people don't have a lot of money to be able to do that. But there are a lot of things that you can do that are very meaningful that don't involve money. And actually, this is something that you can do all year round. And it is volunteering. And, you know, when you volunteer, you not only help those you're volunteering for, but you also might benefit yourself as well. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits that research shows that you get from volunteering. Certainly, the basic one, I think, for for me, I'm on some boards and so forth, and certainly around people that do a lot of great charitable works. You know, with with our CPA firm, we work with a lot of charitable organizations, uh, helping them with their taxes and their business planning and so forth. But one of the the things I I think is, is real prevalent is just gratefulness, just understanding how good we have it. I mean, here we are in the Pacific Northwest, United States of America, coming up on the roaring 20s, as you just mentioned. And, you know, we're in a, we just, we talked about in a prior segment about these last 10 years being nothing but up, up, up with our real estate and our economy and our stock market, our 401ks and everything's just, just going gangbusters. Uh, We live in a really, we're not at war, you know, all that stuff. We live in a fantastic time. Sometimes it takes some volunteering for you to really appreciate it. You know, we have lots of things always that are challenging and some people get hey, oh gosh, my steak didn't taste good enough yesterday. I'm really bummed. You know, but then you you volunteer and you go, oh, I I really have it pretty good, don't I? Right. Now, a lot of people have the wherewithal to be able to, you know, donate a lot of money to something and you get a tax benefit for it. I know that you do both of these. Not only do you, of course, give money to charities, but you also volunteer time. Tell me about how you feel when you volunteer time and change someone's life versus just, 
you know, handing out a check. Yeah, like I mentioned, it just kind of that gratefulness. Just you know, I feel like well, one of the things I'm I'm going to help start a scholarship fund at Washington State University Everett. And I thought back to my one of the reasons I thought that was important is back when I was at Washington State University as a student, and I uh, wrote a paper on my future plans being an entrepreneur to try and get this scholarship. I won it, and I got two years uh, tuition paid for. And so I'm thinking back how meaningful that was. It was huge to me back then because, you know, I was driving pea viners and working out in the farms trying to get enough money for tuition. And here I got two years and for winning a scholarship. So I felt pretty good that I was able to go, well, I became an entrepreneur. It was an entrepreneur scholarship. I became an entrepreneur from my degree at Washington State University. And now I get to give back and give a scholarship to other people that want to go to Washington State University. Well, what a what a cool full cycle thing that is. Yeah, and it's sort of a legacy thing as well, too. I know that you have given your time to a lot of young people who are interested in this business. I've seen you squiring them around the building here, and you've really changed some lives. If someone wants to volunteer, Brian, how should you pick the right thing to volunteer for? Well, you got to pick something you're passionate about. I think it comes down to that. And it could be anything. You know, it, it, it could be, there's all kinds of uh, volunteer opportunities. And I, I think a lot of people maybe are a little suspect about that. But once you start doing it, it becomes really easy. Even joining boards. I mean, that's where I started. I was invited to boards because I was pretty good with numbers and finances and everybody has a finance committee on their board. So uh, CPAs are, are fresh meat for a lot of nonprofits, <laughs> yeah. you know, they always want us on there. So once I started doing that in their first, you know, year or so, I didn't really say much, but, you know, they be, I became very vocal after that once I kind of felt comfortable with that. And as I joined other boards, it became really easy. But uh, yeah, and it, it doesn't have to be uh, big charities. It could be just helping a, a person that, that is struggling. It could be, you know, anything. But there's uh, evidently with the, the studies that have been done, there's health benefits. I, I, I know that uh, people that volunteer, older people that volunteer are less likely to have high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, lower risk of cognitive impairment. These are all, you know, less depression, uh, less social isolation, better health. All these are some of the things that evidently come from volunteering. That's right. And if you don't have uh, companionship in your life, I mean, this is an ideal opportunity to uh, get companionship is to volunteer. You're going to make a lot of new friends. Now, we talk about what people do in retirement a lot. You know, they've spent all of these years getting up and going to work and being around people. Then comes retirement. They sit home going, now what? I mean, this seems like an ideal opportunity if you're figuring out what to do with your life to volunteer, help somebody with something that maybe you've spent a lifetime doing. Yeah, and that's it doesn't have to be your whole life. I mean, it's just a couple hours here and there that could be enough. But, you know, and helping and being around younger people often, you know, if you're retired, this is a great opportunity because a lot of charities are out there to help younger people. Younger people can't make things happen. There's a lot of tough family situations out there. And certainly uh, whatever the charity is, again, whether it's to help people with scholarships or activities or to get off the streets or, you know, help them just find good warm meals or Boys and Girls Club or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, there's so many worthwhile activities out there you could do to make a difference. But it's kind of cool that one of the things I've noticed about volunteering, too, is you get to hang around people that aren't like you. Right. You know, you you got young, old, middle men, women, kids, you know, all these different 
people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different different challenges in their life, and just kind of being a more understanding, I think, going through some of the stuff with them and learning about things that you didn't really maybe weren't uh, exposed to in your own life. Brian, we have a very good friend who volunteers uh, helping homeless people, and she's done this for quite some time. And I would imagine that this will be part of what her legacy is. She'll be remembered not only as, a, as just a great person and for what she did professionally, but I think more so her legacy is going to be more important because she has volunteered all this time helping homeless people. Yeah, helping homeless people. And, and what's interesting is you talk about it, different people that she talks about it with, you, you can see some understanding because, you know, there's an example of something people go, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. That's bad stuff. I wish they'd just kind of go away. Well, you know, it's it's real. It's here and it's it's expanding. It's a real problem. And to, to hear the compassion of people that are dealing with that and, and to really go, wow, okay, this isn't just people that are, you know, not wanting to work or lazy or whatever. There's some real issues. It's, it could be your 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 brother or sister's kid out there uh, having, having trouble. It could be uh, somebody that hurt their back at Boeing and couldn't make a, they were living month to month, they lost their job, and now they're on the street, you know, pretty much overnight, or a divorce, or domestic violence, now they're living in a van, or, you know, you kind of can open up a, a lot of compassion maybe you didn't have before, and maybe you can start thinking about, okay, what are the solutions? It's not just to ignore this problem, maybe, you know, so so whatever that charity is, and so forth, you, I think it makes you more rounded person, uh, whether it's a faith-based charity or a kid's charity or, or again, homeless or hunger or scholarship, whatever it is, uh, it really makes you, I think, way more rounded person in the end if you invest a little bit of your time. And we both know this person very well. And, uh, you know, I really see her eyes light up when she talks about the work that she does. And through her volunteerism there, she's really learned a great deal about the issue that she cares about. And she's actively doing something in order to make it better. So, you know, volunteerism provides you a lot of opportunities, not only to feel good about yourself, but also to make a difference in people's lives. And as you said, in order to find the right opportunity to volunteer, just think about what you're passionate about or think about what other people need help with. It doesn't have to be, you know, that you're helping them as a certified public accountant. Maybe you know how to, uh, I don't know, restore a car. Maybe you know how to build a deck or maybe you know how to help someone write a resume, get a job, or maybe it's just helping in a soup kitchen, you know, helping to feed people. I will guarantee that if you find some opportunity to volunteer, that your life is going to be all the more better. Well, Brian, unfortunately, we are just about out of time for this week. Coming up in the coming months on our show, we're going to have a lot more great things to talk about throughout the holiday season. Of course, we're going to be here for you every Saturday talking about your fiscal fitness and your financial education. We'll be talking about some of the things that you want to consider before year's end. And uh, of course, the Roaring Twenties, that's what we're calling them. We're going to keep that bull running throughout 2020 and beyond. But as I said, we are out of time for this week. So before we go, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth, John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the cookie monster, Greg Dennett. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt. She is our Swedish princess. She is Stephanie Schoblum. Christy Parmenter is our associate producer. Maite Talavera has just joined our staff. Laura McLaughlin is our content supervisor. Josh Toys, our technical editor and surfer boy, Pete Gustin is our announcer. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. The Madrona Bundle of Services has become so popular that we started bundling everything. 
Hi, this is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, to tell you about the latest thing we bundled, our books. We're proud to announce the Complete Book of Retirement, which bundles together our guides on retirement investing, annuities, passive real estate investing, and even information for the high net worth investor into one convenient and informative book. You can get your free copy today by going to madronafinancial.com. And if you're looking for even more information on investing, you can sign up for Madrona University to continue your investor education. Of course, if you need more personalized help, you can always sign up for a complimentary review. We'll sit down to discuss your retirement plan and explain how the Madrona Bundle of Services provides you with everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Get started today by calling 844-MADRONA and don't forget to download your free copy of the Complete Book of Retirement at madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more and the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, Call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com.